This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, LSPod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin? Sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! What a shot! Goal! post for Shearer. Goal! McLaughlin has it. Oh, deflection! And a goal! Comes to Mitchell! It's another goal! Incredible! Hobble! out because connor was going to join us but technology has let us down may i say yet again and i might mention technology issues every now and again but five percent of what we sometimes encounter yeah we're having a real run of things at the moment aren't we we're like uh, all the odds are stacked against us but i think connor and i basically lived the same experience yesterday so i'm not i'm not sure having us both on would have brought much to anyway to be honest let's you know it was going to be lacking. You're wrong. I wanted both experiences <laughs> as joyous as it probably was for you yesterday. And I'm sure it was. But before that, Terry, happy episode 400. Wow. I mean, that is, I was going to say that's quite some achievement for us, but it's certainly not for, for us, but definitely is for you. Oh, did, you see, for us. did you see it growing into this beast when you kicked it off? Absolutely not. <laughs> no, no. I certainly would have hoped more of those 400 would have been ex-players. But here we are, covering Swindon every week, sometimes three times a week, most of the time three times a week. I tell you what, that pandemic's got a lot to answer for, hasn't it? Goodness me. God, hasn't it just? Hasn't it just? It just put me into a rhythm. I think what we're going to do after this episode is we might have a little bit of a break with no game next week. By that, I mean I'll probably still put something out. But I think that's best, isn't it? Have a little Before the run-in, just have a little break. Just have a recharge, right? Just see recharge. see who we can get back from injury. You know, see if James can 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 shake off whatever whatever verbal hindrance he's got, and and see if Dan Hunt can you know just step up a little bit and get off the bench. You know, I'm, I'm sick of I'm sick of relying on the same old people. Do you know what I mean? Week in, week out, and it's it's time for some of the new blood to come through and show their worth in the running. Oh, there'll be contract negotiations throughout the summer. You know, I'll be looking out for a new squad maybe who knows you just don't know yeah let's have a little break 
for what is quite an intense month ahead if we're covering every game. Not me, though, Terry. I'm going on holiday um, during Easter, so uh, Connor's taking that. He better have all the tech issues sorted out by then because I, I don't want to be in a different country sweating over the notion that we might not cover a game this season, which would be the first because we've covered them all. Yeah, I think Con- Connor and I have got... Um all remaining away games locked and loaded in the diary as well. So it is going to be one hell of a hectic April, isn't it? As, it, as this um, topsy-turvy season comes to comes to, comes to to a climax, comes to a boiling point. And it's just, I mean, you just keep going back to that league table. It's absolute bananas, isn't it? I, I can't call it. I cannot call it. Yeah, and performances, not even performances, but results like yesterday really add to the fact that you can't call it because... You know, for all of the anarchy that was happening within the fan base due to the loss at Crawley, still very much in it. And we've got a little break now, and we're probably going to fall out the playoffs as a result of that break. But then, recharged, like the Low Strangers podcast, we go again. Yeah, 100%, right? And like, I'm sure Newport fans had a meltdown on Friday night as well when they lost a game that they were expected to win. Like it's gonna happen. We're not the only team who drops points, especially points against against sides that we expect to beat. And at the end of the day, we've won six of our last nine, which I think is a massive return when you look at what the squad's dealt with. And we've just we've just got to just stay focused. And and luckily I think you know the players and, and the management staff, et cetera, et cetera, don't listen to all the nonsense that's going on around around the fan base every time we lose a game. So look we're we're right in it. We've got as much right and as much chance as anyone else in that top in that top ten to to nick second, third, or fourth or fifth or whatever. We've got a decent run in. We've got players coming back. Why not us, right? Like, why not? Why not? Indeed. Before we go into the game, how was the Guinness? Uh, yeah, little like life life <laughs> life tip, kids. Don't drink lots of Guinness while also feeling absolutely horrendous and mixing it with Beecham's max strength. Uh, Golden flu because it's not fun. Like I, I regretted, Very. I regretted going yesterday the second I left my house. Um, Friday I was very ill. My lovely wife said to me, "If you're still ill Saturday morning, you're not going." So of course I was absolutely fine Saturday morning um, until I got about ten minutes away from my home, and I was <laughs> definitely not absolutely fine. So, look on reflection, it was a silly thing to do, um, but we all make mistakes, right? Every day, every every single day. Well, okay, well, um, enjoy Guinness, enjoy Swinness. There's your pun, there's your episode title. We go into the starting lineup. So there were some changes, calling out the 11. Uh, Jojo Wallacott in goal, Akin Odomeo, Dion Conroy, Jake O'Brien coming back in with Rob Hunt on the right. Ryan East replacing the suspended Louis Reed, Johnny Williams and Ennis Iandolo just in front with McCurdy and Payne on the wings and Davison up front. So a few changes there. And as we'll hear a bit later on in the in the listeners' contributions, there were a few bemoanings of changing a winning side, changing an 11, uh, taking Baudry out and putting O'Brien in. But pre-game, and I said it to you guys, I thought it was all logical. So th- this idea that you don't change a winning th- winning team is a myth, right? We, that I've I've spent lots of time and, and take great pleasure in debunking. So again, the whole cry of "don't change a winning team" is nonsense. You pick the best team to win the game that day. Irrelevant of history. It's 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 simple as that. And if you wake up Saturday morning or when you're doing that team Friday afternoon, nobody with half a brain 
puts in Baudry ahead of O'Brien. If if everybody's fit, you just don't do it. So I, I don't think you can. I don't think there's any sort of, you know any any way that it's easy in retrospect in hindsight to say, oh well, Baudry played well Tuesday, should keep his spot. Jake O'Brien is a significantly better defender than Matteo Baudry at the moment. Um, and it makes complete sense for him to come back in. He's been outstanding for us until we until we picked up that knock. So, like I said, easy easy to take shots in hindsight, but that it's it's not really relevant in my book. I thought um, rotating Aguilar was Aguilar out was sensible. I think we were all calling for that. Just in terms of his influence on the games has been slowly decreasing after an incredible start. Um, that's not sort of to devalue his place in the squad or anything like that. But he is clearly a very important. Um, player in this first team setup now, and that's not going to change. But I think rotating him out was a smart move. The only thing that I didn't love was Payne playing wide and Williams playing central. I'd have actually probably preferred them to be swapped over. I think Payne playing more central might have helped Easton Iandolo get on the ball a little bit more. Um, Williams has been quite impressive wide in the last few weeks, isn't he? Um, deputising there in, in McCurdy's absence during his suspension, so that that's the only sort of little tweak. But again, it's 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 minor and it's 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 all in hindsight. So there certainly wasn't anything wrong with the way we set up yesterday. That's for sure. No, I'm I'm, I'm certainly inclined to agree there. And all <laughs> given the uh, the chance Williams had in about the fourth minute, if Payne was there, that's going in top corner. Yeah, what a sitter! What an absolute sitter! Um, just got hit the target, haven't you? And, and it, it was great build up, and and that that was the sort of story of that opening twenty minutes. Really, we we created three or four really good chances by far the better team. I mean, I'm, we were chatting amongst us, and it, it was literally a case of like we are so much better than Crawley. We to not win this game would be an absolute travesty. And as the game went on, it became sort of less less a sort of travesty that we that we weren't winning, and more sort of a, a disaster of our own making, really. Um, but in the cold light of day, when I reflected on it this morning, looking back at the extended highlights and stuff, like even now, the fact that we've managed to lose that game three one is just absolutely mind blowing. We had so many great chances, um, and and we've just conceded <laughs> three absolutely ridiculous goals, um, ridiculous for different reasons. And I don't know, it's it. I don't think I would change much about yesterday's performance. I think if you played that game a hundred times, we win it ninety-five times. Like it, it was, we, there was we were so much better than them. We created so many good chances, limited them to very little, and yet we've lost the game somehow. So incredibly frustrating. But yeah, really good start. Williams missed a sitter, and then we just have a funny five minutes and absolutely gift them the opener, don't we? Yeah. Where where does this performance sit when you compare it to say our last two wins against Oldham and Sutton? I think it's the same, right? I think, mate. I think what 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 we did do. I think I, there was a couple of things. I think um, we were in complete control, but then conceding the goal, we then started chasing the game, chasing the game way too early. And I think that is this is one of the big things of not having Reed in the team. I think we lacked control, so we were still the better team. We were still creating the better chances, but we were we were doing it in almost a chaotic way playing Crawley at their own game and being better at it than taking control of the game. And I think that's that's probably the one thing that's disappointing. So look, I didn't want I didn't watch this against Sutton. That that seemed to be a sort of 
flip of a coin game against a really depleted side. We played well. We, we did well to nick a point. Older, we were in complete control of the game and, and, and deservedly won. What I will say is this wasn't an Exeter away performance, right? This wasn't a, an abomination. It's the same scoreline, but it wasn't a bad performance. We didn't play badly. No, no. I mean, up until following it online, you know, I was out and about with the family on Saturday and following it online, just relentlessly all Swindon and something you you can certainly not accuse Swindon social media this year of just being completely red tinted towards Swindon they've often (laughs) described in detail um, opposition goals and chances and it was all it was all Swindon 24th minute they even say all one way traffic here and four minutes later uh uh-oh yeah uh uh-oh indeed and and their goal, that goal is just absolutely oh. criminal, isn't it? I think we almost gifted them one literally 90 seconds before. Wallacott made a good save. And um, look, I think I think honestly this just comes down to personnel. And I, I don't think East is to blame for the goal. I just think the fact that he's not Louis Reed means that he does things differently to Louis Reed. But Dion Conroy and Jake O'Brien are expecting their holding midfielder to defend in a certain way, and he doesn't. And uh Quasi uh, uh, just runs off the back of him, and he just he just literally has the freedom of Gatwick Airport to to nod home, doesn't he? Um, nice, incredibly infuriating goal to concede. Um, just just utterly utterly abysmal defending. But it looks it looks awful, right? And and it's just it's just so frustrating to have the whole your whole sort of momentum rocked and it did rock us for five five minutes they could have nicked another one but we sort of ground our way back into the game and, and even then we're still the better team so really really frustrating goal to concede but that doesn't define the game right no no I cannot believe given it's only the 29th minute how free he is <laughs> for happier that is to head that it's insane it is nuts isn't it I mean he he what seven yards out smack bang in the middle of the goal can't miss um, but if you watch it, he does just drift off East, and East has got no interest in going in with him. Now, is he told to stay high? Um, is that what Reed normally does? I, I don't know. Look, I'm not. I'm not here to overanalyze us conceding goals. I'm sure Ben Garner will do that this week. Um, but it was. It was a. <laughs> it, it looked awful. It looked really, really bad. I'm really interested how how. How we always seem to struggle oh so much when Louis Reed is not in the side. He's a great player, but surely the fundamentals of what he does can be replicated to an adequate degree by everyone else who plays in that position. You you would hope so, wouldn't you? And I, I was thinking about this yesterday when I was watching this, and I can't get my head around it either. I'm I'm, I'm with you on that. I don't... In isolation, when Art Ryan East has the ball, he looks more than capable. Um, I think he actually played quite well yesterday. He's he's a bit more of a ball yeah. carrier than than um, Reed is. Reed, Reed tends to move the ball quicker, but East is a good ball carrier. <coughs> and but I just it just seems to be off the ball. We don't have that screen. I don't know whether, as I said, is that personnel related or is it just down to the fact that East does things in a slightly different way? But you know, we were we were absolutely dreadful up at Tranmere without um, without Reed, weren't we? And uh, we haven't won since the opening day without Louis Reed in the side. 
Wow. And he's he's massively, massively important to us. Now, would we would we have won yesterday with Louis Reed in the side? Who knows? We deserve to win anyway. So let's not sort of stop trying, you know, let's not make this into a massive, massive thing. Like we did more than enough to win that game. They've scored one, we've gifted them one goal. They've scored and their, their second one is ridiculous. It just never should just it never in a month of Sundays does that goal happen ever again. Um <laughs> so you know, you know, it, it I'm I'm sort of tempted just to say it's one of those things and and, and we move on and we, and we don't you know don't overanalyze it but obviously it is it is definitely a thing that when Louis Reed isn't playing we we lose games that 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 is definitely happening. But we did get an equalizer and it was a good um a good finish and yet again like the feeling was before the goal we're going to score it's going to be fine don't worry and then we got the goal and we kind of thought well, this is where we we kick on but Davison, another great moment for him for individually, just because again he was quite frustrated. I'm told again um, during this game. Uh, I think he was a bit isolated at times, but I think um, that's that's almost the system we we moved to, right? So when we first moved to this four three three at Scunthorpe at home, I was absolutely lamenting it the first half because. When we do it, we the the two wide players literally stand on the sidelines like they are so wide, and it does make the centre forward look really isolated. So I think it's it's by design. It's not by accident that 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 we we play that way. Davison knows that, and and he he does what he's asked to do very very well. He looks after the ball. He brings people into play. He had he was up against an absolute monster at the back there, number fifteen. I can't remember his name. Um, who who was rubbish, but also very, <laughs> but also very um, physically capable, and 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 did enough to sort of knock Davison about a bit. But Davison took his goal very well, came very close to a second. I mean, he's he's set up JML for. I mean, a sitter, a sitter doesn't do it any justice whatsoever. Showed great great awareness, which which the one thing I love about Davison is that in that moment he always seems to take a split second longer to see what else is going on. Um, we saw that a couple of times, you know, with, with the Aguiar, with the Aguiar double that he set up. He just always takes that second to think, is somebody else got a better chance of scoring than me here? Um, and, and, and laid it off to JML, who's obviously missed that absolute sitter. So look, I think, I think Davison did really well. He's probably in the running for, for man of the match, took his goal really, really well. God knows what their keeper's doing. Yeah, I, I mean, we covered the second goal for Crawley. I don't think we need to analyse that. Like you said, it's 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 poor, but it's one of those ones where it's just it's, how do you, how do you analyse it? You know, and- it's, just, it's just pinball, isn't it? It's just complete fluke. Um, and actually, Woolacott's made an unbelievable save, unbelievable save, and he's just so unlucky that the ball's then hit the post and rolled across the goal, and it's just nodded in. But yeah, look, that that goal doesn't happen ninety-nine times out of a hundred. I'm watching the uh, JML miss now, and to a degree, I'm sympathetic because of the the sort of the bounce before. But at the same time, the weakness of his of his effort is just it's not great. And again, maybe a conf- a player with confidence at this moment in time puts that into the roof of the net, you know, right in there. But he just goes for a placement with a player right in front of him. It's just. Maybe he's panicked a bit there, but it's it's a huge moment, M- massive moment. I mean, it was the story of the second half, really. I think, um, you oh, know, you've God. got the JML chance, which was so well worked. It's brilliant ball down the side by McCurdy. Parsons does really well. Davison does really well, and you just think, just hit it with conviction. 
as long as you it's get that just put it central it's in it doesn't matter as long as as long as you get hold of it just focus on contact and he's just p-rolled it into the defender really annoying you know before that at one at one all when we we had the momentum right it looked like there was only one winner and um McCurdy, McCurdy has forced Morris into an absolutely unbelievable save um, where he's where McCurdy sort of takes a couple of touches, six yards out, reverses it, and Morris Morris somehow gets it out. How was old McCurdy this this weekend? He was good, right? Like he was unlucky not to score not that, that chance, and um, he's missed another one late on where he sort of lashed it a little bit and then kicked off the line over about very little. Um, yeah, he, he looked really dangerous. I think what he did, he did with quality, and, and I certainly, certainly have no um, no complaints about his performance whatsoever. I don't really have complaints about many people's performances. Um, I don't think we played that badly at all. It was just one of those days where we've given them up, given up a couple of really stupid goals, and got really, really unfortunate at the other end. You know, unlucky or, or, or poor finishing. I'll let other people be the judge of that. I don't think. McCurdy's done much wrong in his in the one that Morris has saved. I don't think we've done much wrong in the one that Williams gets it across the goal and the defender somehow bundles it off the line. I don't think we've done much wrong in those situations. Um, the only player who who deserves any criticism in our side is is and, and Rich. We can we can dive into this as much as you want. Is Johnny Williams for that dive and and this is this is turning into a problem for me. Um, okay, well, I've, I've just I've just had a look at it, and listeners' contributions is coming up shortly, and and someone does talk about this with you know quite a degree of passion, where they're saying that that's neither a dive or a foul; it's you know momentum has taken him, and he's not screaming for a penalty or anything. He's probably trying to avoid a booking. I don't know, but well, look, I think I think it's quite well. You know, it's it's common knowledge amongst the, the the people I go to football with that I have a big issue with Johnny Williams just falling over all the time. Sure, I think you know that that is one thing that we need. And and the, and the the dive wasn't the first time he did it in the game, um, and he gets nothing right. He gets nothing because he doesn't challenge properly for the ball. He's not physical enough. If you if he puts himself about, he'll get more free kicks because he will be actually be competing rather than shirking challenges all the time. And look, respectfully. I don't know where the person who made that comment was sat in the ground. Johnny Williams's dive was about four meters away from me. I couldn't have been more in line with it. That's exactly where we were, and it was an absolute disgrace of a dive. Ah. No contact whatsoever. He knows exactly what he's doing, and everybody around me immediately was was slagging him off for it. It's so unnecessary. And this is what the fourth yellow card we've had this season for diving. Yeah, you know he'll get one, and then after that. They got on pretty quickly, and it, it becomes a little farcical at times with with Johnny. But because what he contributes elsewhere, we don't hate it. It's not necessarily lost us games, but this one it could have. You know, if he would have just, I don't know. I don't think if, if he doesn't die, he's not getting the ball, is he? It's going. It's going to go. It's going to go elsewhere, but. He's got one eye on trying to get the goalkeeper in trouble and a penalty for Swindon. But the problem is he also picks up a yellow card and it's completely unnecessary, yeah. which means that he, that then changes the way he plays for the remaining half an hour of the game. Yeah. Um, you know, any centre midfielder on a yellow card plays the game very differently to a centre midfielder not on a yellow card. Yeah. So he's, he, he's made a role for his own back. And look, I absolutely don't buy into the fact that we have a reputation or anything like that. Like referees, referee moments in isolation. So... I'm not going to sit here and suggest that we don't get penalties that are penalties because Johnny Williams likes to dive sometimes. I don't believe that. 
But in those isolated moments, it's just really, really poor decision making and and such a stupid yellow. You see, you see a good attack breakdown because he because he's taken a dive and it's so unnecessary. It really is. It really is. Oh well. It happens and it will happen again, I'm sure. Swindon lost 3-1. There was a third goal right at the end. And you always get this sense that people are just waiting for Dion Conroy to do something. And he's involved in this one. Just another another poor, poor, poor goal to concede. Um, just a misplaced pass, but it does enough to give possession back to Crawley. And then Hutchison, I think it is just about gets the ball in despite a desperate lunge and a lot of a lot of uh, Jojo's legs getting on it but a flattering result for Crawley hugely flattering yeah I mean they, they can't believe their luck I, I don't I can't imagine um I've, I've got no time for John Yem so I'm certainly not going to seek out his post-match no. to hear what he has to say about it he's a poisonous poisonous troll um but look <sighs> Did we did we lose yesterday because Dion gave the ball away in the ninety fifth minute and whatever no. it was? No, we didn't. Um, so I'm certainly not going to be joining in on any pile on. He actually played all right before then. I don't think he's at fault for the, the first or the second goals. Um, and he and he's very good on the ball and, and started a lot of our good moments. So he's no more or less culpable than anyone else. I don't think yesterday. Play backwards rather than allowing him to secure the ball. Um, really important that when the ball drops in the middle of the pitch in this half, Swindon pick up the seconds and can build momentum in another way like that. And a great couple of passes by East as well. Williams clever ball forward here. Davison has come round and Davison equalises. Lovely through ball and Josh Davison read it well. Listeners' contributions now. Thank you to all of those who sent something in, starting with Jeremy Randall, who says, We should have won that game comfortably. We were on top before their first goal, but poor defending gave them a lot of space to put in a cross and a free header from six yards. More intensity after the break, a well-worked equaliser from Davison, and at 1-1, we missed a series of chances. McCurdy, Williams and O'Brien all culpable. Gave the ball away for a soft second. JML missed a sitter to equalise again. And we gave the ball away again for the third. Clearly the better team, but not clinical in the key moments. I'm fed up with the repeated bookings for diving. I think we do go down easily and theatrically, but referees and fans seem to think it's a binary thing, either a foul or a dive. It's possible to be neither. And from where I was, the Williams incident today fell into that category. The defender won the ball, but Williams' momentum caused him to go down. I think he, we, have a reputation for this now, and we are seeing odd decisions as a result. Man of the match, Josh Davison, for his work rate, goal, and creating other chances. He doesn't get the protection he should from referees. Finally, the surface was very poor and undoubtedly didn't help our passing game. LRT said started well, then the intensity dropped off. And it was very pedestrian, misplaced passing and jogging about. Harry upped the tempo in the second half, but we didn't look like winning. Davison looked isolated. Man of the match, Payne. He showed some intent going forward. Paul Temple says, so, so sloppy. Missed tackles, poor positioning, not covering back and losing balls in bad areas. Defending seemed to be a poor attitude by all thinking if they just turned up, a win was inevitable. One exception, man of the match, Josh Davison, who gave it his all and finished with a plum. Pete Marsh provides a gif of a smiley poopy face, while Ben Nichols says, did we actually lose that game 3-1? With a gif of John C. Riley 
looking confused. Luke says, we don't deserve to go up. The end. JJ says, pain man of the match. Everyone else, embarrassing. And Robert Hammond observes that Reed's two red cards is going to cost us. We are just not the same team without him. Man of the match, Davidson. Matthew says, shocking defending has cost us dear. While Mr. Good says, don't quite understand the need to change a defence that for the past two games have been pretty solid. Richard Webb says, not sure what was worse today, our finishing or our defending. Threw away that game with the chances we had, and yet again we concede the same old goals at crucial times. Reed is such a big miss. We are a completely different side when he is missing. STFC Sean says, eight games to go and have plenty of chances to get into the playoffs. We're having a great season, so let's calm down and see what happens. Jamie Goodwin says, just the story of large parts of the season. Dominate around 25 minutes each half, can't finish for shit, and then get punished by sides that are terrible. O'Brien and Davison haven't got enough quality on the ball. League 2, 2022-23, here we come. Ian Wilmer says, plenty of twists and turns to come in this L2 finale yet. Chalk it up as a bad day at the office and look forward to a break. Man of the match is tough, but we'll go for Davison as another good performance. God, we don't have Miss Reed, don't we? Joe says, bad discipline costs us again. Reed and Reed only can protect our poor defence and make us look like playoff fodder. Batch says, <sighs> We weren't awful for large patches, but some poor defending at key times and some poor finishing at others. Too many 6 out of 10 performances. Payne, comfortably man of the match. Honourable mention to Ryan East. Wardy S says, missed chances and poor defending. Swindon are almost spursy in our ability to shoot ourselves in the foot. Man of the match, difficult one. Davison for at least scoring. It's going to be a nervous end to the season. Bernie Man says, Payne was the standout man of the match. We were not on it at the back and we wasted too many chances up front. It's as simple as that. Crawley were dominated, hit us on the break and made the most of their few chances. We didn't with our numerous chances. One of those days move on. Ryan Clifford says this should be a lesson to our fans celebrating other teams' results instead of concentrating on our own results. And PJ says if we had taken one of the chances after the equaliser, we'd have gone on to win that comfortably. We didn't and got bit on the ass for it. Frustrating in the end. Go again in a couple of weeks. Man of the match, Davison. Paul Merriman says I love my Swindon. Let's make things as hard as possible to get promoted town. Another incredibly infuriating performance where we play some good football and lose to a tin pot club. Love the bearded Welshman, but getting bored of him diving around. No, Lou read man of the match for me i'm indignant Ocus road says sloppy at the back wasteful up front they were there for the taking we gifted them three goals and failed to put away decent chances hopefully players will realize no game is easy and come back strong after a two-week break bonus if louis barry and joe tomlinson are available Matt says, story of two areas. We couldn't score despite multiple chances in theirs and we couldn't defend properly in ours. Worst game Odomeo has had, especially in the build-up to that second goal. Man of the match, Davidson worked so hard yet again. Paul D says, negative head. Too often this season, we get into a good position in the table and shoot ourselves in the foot rather than cement the position. Positive head. We've won six at the last nine and we're two points off the automatics. All still to play for and very much still in it. Man of the match, pain. R. Allison says, not sure if complacency or tiredness. Number of players look to be running on empty at the end today. But old story of not clinical enough in both boxes. Had enough chances to win it. 
would take the playoffs right now. Can't see autos. Well, Tom Jenkins says, on reflection, we created the chances to win, but luck wasn't on our side. Individual lapses of concentration cost us, which is probably down to fatigue. Standout performers were Davison, Payne and East. Man of the match, Davison for composure and work ethic. Tough day for Akin. Let's not panic. And finally, Sarah Vernon, who says, a very frustrating 4am watch from New Zealand. Punished for not taking our chances. And why are Crawley such a bogey team for us? Still very tight at the top. And anything can happen in these last few games after a wee break. Okay, then. So there, a mix of a couple people in there with a bit of perspective. You know, it's one result. Still okay. We're fine. And then... A fair bit of negativity there, and I got to hold my hand up and say, you know, I might ask for these contributions at the wrong time because I'm asking for them right on the whistle. Uh, maybe I should start doing it with a few hours of reflection. I just get this feeling that I think within people's own little friendship groups within Swindon Town, they feel that Swindon aren't going to do it this year, and they've got their reasons for that. Maybe it's because of squad depth, maybe it's because of Ben Garner, and there is. I don't think it's necessarily fair for me to say there's just this not glee to say, well, we're not going up, but it just it just feels still with, what, eight games left? Still very much in there? It, it's not, you know, I'm, I'm, my knee isn't going crazy at the moment. I'll put it that way. I, I just find the whole thing a bit weird, Rich. I think, you know, what, we're two points off automatic promotion? And yet the general vibe is... We've got no chance. I don't get it. I don't get it. And it, I think it is sort of small, isolated pockets that then sort of, you know, bubble up on social media. Some really weird stuff on social media last night. I, I just don't understand it. Um, you know, local reporters calling into question the culture of the club and, you know, utter nonsense like that. It's just... it. it we. I remember chatting sort of early on early on this season when everything off the field is going well and therefore fans always need something to moan about right and if everything off the field is going well which it is at the moment we, we couldn't we couldn't be in sort of better shape especially when you think about where we were last year new ground etc you know the, the whole ground business etc etc people will always find stuff to moan about so if they can if they can latch on to they can latch on to um to a poor performance or uh, and some some nonsense about a player not wanting to do an interview and that being representative of the whole culture of the club or whatever it is, then then some people in our fan base will always latch onto that negativity. I don't think it's a Swindon thing. I think it's a fa- a football fan social media thing. Um, and I just wonder how many of these people actually go to games or actually or actually are are invested in the club or, or or whether they just like making noise on social media for attention. I don't I don't understand it. I think if you actually focus on what the players are doing, what the coaching staff are doing, and what our fans are doing at the game, because incredible turnout yesterday and great atmosphere. I think if you focus on those three things, you, there isn't much to moan about, really, is there? And and people are desperate to find something sometimes. Yeah. I mean, ben Garner, post-game, I thought was very calm. I thought, you know, there's no outrage. I think generally... He knows what the issues were, and they're probably very easy to iron out. I guess people say, well, is he ever calm or not calm or anything? But he wasn't calling out referees, any decisions or anything like that. He, he, it just felt like a very it is what it is 
sort of um, discussion. Of course, we didn't get a player. I, I'm, I'm very surprised that it took to this part of the season for that observation to be made because I know they've been providing the occasional player for snippets recently, but it doesn't feel like it's been a, a constant. I mean, the, the pre-match presser has had no players all season long. And I, I personally, you know, I can definitely see why the media would want players there after the game. My personal opinion is cynical because I think they'll just give generic nothingness and just say we go again next week fans were class but if they just make it compulsory within the game then it's then they get their three quotes and away you go i I get it but it it just storming a teacup complete non-story complete non-story ben garner has been really protective of the players this year win or lose it's got nothing to do with us losing ben garner is very protective of the players in the media the this this idea that would the club have to put a player up to explain their actions to the thousand plus fans that went? Do you think anybody who travelled yesterday gives a toss about someone coming out a quarter to six and giving a 45 second media interview? We don't. That's not a thing. Like, it's not going to make my day better. You know, it's not going to make my day better. Like, you know, Lewis Ward coming out and saying, we were really unlucky. We played really well, you know, Fans were fans were amazing. We'll go again. Like n- nobody cares. Like nobody cares. And yet, for some reason, for some unknown reason, yet again, it's it's trying to find the the sliver of negativity in something that just doesn't exist. And to label it as a microcosm of the poor culture in the club is, quite frankly, a disgrace. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll move on. Man of the match was quite close from the contributions, but it was a runaway in terms of the poll that I uh, I created to try and find a definitive winner. It was funny because I don't want to say I got stick, but a lot of people were questioning why it was a uh, a straight shootout between Josh Davison, who was given the man of the match from listeners, and Jack Payne. Well, frankly, Jack Payne got a lot of got a lot of nods. Um, I, I didn't watch the game, so I just you know tally up. The, the nominations and then go from there and they were pretty even so I put it to a poll but 75% or something like that went with Josh Davison so he's man of the match from the listeners Terry who gets yours uh I mean it probably is between Payne and Davison isn't it I mean it's hardly the most it's controversial poll you have <laughs> is it like... I don't think I've put many controversial polls up <laughs> how bizarre um I thought McCurdy was good you know I thought he created two or three good chances and and was at the at the forefront of most of the positive stuff we did. But but Jack, Jack Payne is just a different level for me. And the idea that we've got him for another eight games at this level is fantastic and enjoy it while it lasts because he won't be here next year. I'd be absolutely gobsmacked if he's... If we go up, maybe we've got a sniff. But if we stay down, he'll definitely go because he deserves to be playing a high level of the league too. So Stop it, Terry. Davison, take the goal out of it. I'm not sure he did much. I mean, it's a nice little finish. So I'm going to give it to Jack Payne. I thought he was he, he was the best player on the field by some distance. There we go. Jack Payne gets our man of the match. No problem at all. Okay, well, here we go then. So it's now just under two weeks before our next game. Is it two weeks before Rochdale now? Yeah. yeah. Um, so we've got next week off because of uh, international call-ups. So if you're Ben Garner, what, what do you do in these two weeks? I think first things first, you tell everyone to go away. Uh, see you Wednesday. Um if we, I think Ben Garner was got this bang on in his post match, in so much that we've got a mini season now, haven't we? We've got eight games. We've won six of our last nine. If we go and win six of our last eight, 
we get third. It's simple as that. So that's the challenge to the players. We've got players coming back. We've got, uh, on paper, a relatively... Um, a relatively favourable running compared to some of our some of our um, rivals in that in that top seven top ten group, and we've we have absolutely as much right as anyone else up there to to go and compete for one of those top three spots. I think I think the players coming back are massive, right? Like the idea of having a fit Ben Gladwin for the last eight is massive. The idea of having a fit um, a fit Louis Barry as an option is absolutely massive. You know, getting Joe Tomlinson back in the mix. All of these things will, you know, they're three huge players who will probably walk into our starting eleven, if not certainly strengthen our, our match day squad. So, the fact that we managed to maintain this um, two points a game average over our last nine with such sort of um, uh, such big selection issues is huge testament to the character of the of the players and 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 what Ben and, and his staff are doing. So. So I, I wouldn't change anything. I would send the players away until Wednesday, get them back in, bit of a light week, and then and then Monday morning, a week, a week Monday, you start building up for Rochdale and getting as many bodies back into the building as possible. If we play like we did yesterday, another eight times, we'll win five or six, and we've got every chance of, of finishing top three. And that would be great, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would be massive, right? I, the last thing I want is another another season at this level. It's It's not much fun, is it? Um, no, no, no. So, yeah, we just we just gotta we just gotta keep going, right? Keep going. Like we know we know that we have the ability. As I said, it, we're averaging two points a game over the last ten games. No one, nobody would would sniff at that. Every every single person, every single side in the top ten would take six wins from the last day. Every single one of them. And that's our challenge now. Our challenge is to go and do that. I'm just really interested where where our headspace is in, in terms of the fan base because I can remember seasons where we've been in the last eight or so games and we've been like six seven eight points off the playoffs and everyone's like we can do it we can do it and you know it's looked really really difficult and it's proved that way but we're right in there that's that's what I don't understand we're we're, we're in that mix so it's to slump our shoulders and go well that's it now Seems just so odd and it's really peculiar, Rich. I can't put my finger on it. But what I will say is it doesn't manifest itself at games. No, that's right. It is only loud minority on social media. So actually, if you take yourself out of that that echo chamber and that and that cesspit, then then it's very easy to be positive. You know, there weren't there there was very little negativity at the game yesterday. Yes, people are frustrated in the moment. But we still took one hell of a crowd down there, made one hell of a noise, had a right laugh in the pubs, celebrated the goal, thought we were going to nick it, and it didn't. It didn't really turn out that way. But do you know what? I guarantee that we'll 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 take the same number up to Rochdale. We'll sell out Harrogate. We've got Hartlepool away, penultimate away game in the season, which is a long way. But you know, I, the, the people who are going week in week out, they're they feel very positive to me. And I think there is a genuine sort of togetherness and, and a genuine belief that we can achieve something. It just seems to be a strange, loud minority that that seem to be grasping onto any sort of negativity that they can find and, and just got to ignore them. Just have to ignore them. I feel positive. I'll always feel positive because I go to football to enjoy myself first and foremost. So <laughs> um, I didn't enjoy myself yesterday, but that was completely my own doing and nothing to do with the team. <laughs> well, I think that'll do it. Um, Ooh, what are we going to do with our spare time now? I'll probably end up doing podcasts. Who am I kidding? But until the next instalment, 400 up. Terry, thank you very much. Cheers, Rich. Try the box to Monkey. 
Strangers is an independent podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Hi, LS Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.